Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Michelle Shakina, who is currently in the progress of writing from the floor to the door. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Good to be with you, Timmy. Of course. Mm-hmm. Happy to have you. And we like to Thank jump you. right in, as you know. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself, what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay. So um, about myself, I am a mom, um, first and foremost, previously married for many, many years until I escaped that. It being the last five years, uh, it ended up being an abusive relationship and situation of which I escaped and went from the floor to the door, essentially. Um, and I think what I do for fun is, wow, um, I'm pretty much a hermit now, meaning that I did live a very fun life, so to speak, but I enjoy like the quiet moments now and hanging out with my kids and my dogs and my family. So, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when you said you lived mm-hmm. a wild life, what was it? Well, it wasn't really wild, so to Well, I guess it was, but it wasn't necessarily my choice. So I was married to someone who loved going out and still does apparently. And um, what I didn't know, I didn't know at the time, was that he was um, an addict and there ended up being drugs and alcohol and a massive amount of all of that and where we live it's a very festive area so to speak and there were lots of places to go to and clubs and bars and all of that and he kind of brought me into that world and um it got worse you know throughout the years the last five years of my over 20 year marriage um got really bad so I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so have you always really liked the quiet moments and that part of you has just gotten drowned out? Well, um, I think I grew up like that. I mean, I grew up in a very large family, so there really wasn't a quiet moment. Um, we were all very close and we still are. So it was always surrounded by family and vacations and things like that, school and religious organizations and things. And so I I went into my career early on, healthcare worker. And so when I got married, which I was in my 20s, um, like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that this was a person who really, quote, unquote, partied in college and, you know, had all of that. So, you know, I had my fun, too, but it wasn't looking in a certain way. It wasn't like as drastic as his was. And um, having children early on, and I have two special needs children, I was, you know, full on mom. And I was working in the school. I was PT president, a room mom. I was working in my religious organizations and things like that. So I was very much involved with that and supporting him with his businesses. I had a couple of my own and um, I did that. But then again, the last few years, he started to sprout this part of him that I did not know was lying dormant within himself. And he, like I said, got into the drugs and all of that and took his tension away from me and the family and was putting it in other 
in other areas. And I realized as a woman back then, I kind of gave my power away. And I said, whatever it takes to keep my marriage, I'll do. And I made that mistake of kind of saying that to him and saying, I would just, I want to live out my life and I want it to be great with you. And what do I have to do? Well, you know, I say that he took my hands and guided me down a dark path that I didn't even know existed. And that went on for five years. And I can keep going with that if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Take us okay. as much as a so, so it started off very small. And the story is such that um, it was just the two of us. And then he, you know, emotionally, mentally um, started to physically abuse me, but not in the ways of hitting and the typical domestic violence kind of thing you would see. It was more um, in, a, in, the, in our bedroom. And it was privately, it was sexually um, choking to the point of me passing out. It was all that kind of stuff. And there is a space for that that's healthy, I guess, for people, but this was definitely not. And then it got into, um, he got into the next level of it, I guess. And it, it was, here's my wife, you could do what you want with her. So essentially it was five years of trafficking me. And... I went through that part and ironically I was still doing all of the other stuff as far as being a mom and all of that but there was also this happening as well so yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing that mm -hmm. it's a lot it's a lot to take on it's a lot to talk about but I've been out for almost five years and been working really hard with a lot of people and there's there's a lot of great support for people, especially women out there in the real world, so to speak. Um, because like I said, this is a really dark spot, a dark space I was living in. Um, but I had two sides of the coin. I had the, you know, the mom, the school mom, the parent, that part of it. Um, and then I had this part and they did not mix. So it was almost like a double life that I had to live. So how did you manage to mm -hmm. function? I guess that was a little bit of a challenge because there were some times where I wouldn't sleep, but a couple of hours, but I had no choice. Um, I was already the main caregiver of my children before all of this happened. It's just who I am, I guess. Also, I would take care of my own kids and other people's kids. And, you know, I love that. And I still kind of do that. And I just figured out how to balance it and I separated the two in my head and I separated the two almost physically in the home because he would be in, in the room in the door shut and what have you and I would be you know on the other part like cooking food and taking care of the kids and laundry and all of that and you know the hardest part was I was very sleep deprived um, sometimes I got just a few hours in a whole weekend and that was a challenge because with going out late at night you know coming home and he want to still be doing his drugs and all of that where I'd be wanting to go to sleep and so I would fall asleep and wake up two hours later and he would sleep until the next afternoon get up and want to go out again and so that was that was really difficult but you know part of it's like the mom muscle we somehow develop it where we're, we have a newborn and so that really helped me in that regard so that's that's how I, I just I balanced it in my head and I was able to make the distinction between the two yeah, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up, keeps you going every day? Why write this book? 
So um, what keeps me going? What keeps me going is the fact that I survived and I survived for a reason. If I had stayed one more week, I would not be here. I have come to terms with that. Um, and everyone saw it around me towards the end. I had lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time without trying and I didn't realize it, but it was bad. I would, I would be out and, you know, have a couple of sips of a cocktail or what have you. And I'd wake up the next day, I wake up and I wouldn't know where I was or how I got there. And it's just, it was really scary. So what motivates me is gratitude. It's gratitude of thank you for saving me. Um, I know I was protected during that time and, um, what gets me up is the fact that number one, my children, and I have to show them that even though going through all of this, I'm still standing, I'm still standing and I'm thriving. I went back into working as a healthcare worker, healing other people. And that really, really helped me. Um, but my goal now is to help anyone who's been through trauma, whether it be very small or the extreme, which was mine. You know, we all have the same kind of basis of, of soul pain, so to speak. Yep. And that's what drives me is to help people heal that so that they can heal other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. can, can you tell us a little bit about Shakina? You mentioned before mm -hmm. the show mm -hmm. that that's a character in the Bible that really right. inspired you. Can you t tell right. us a little bit about that story, how you came about it, why it inspires mm -hmm. you? Well, unfortunately, because of my situation, um, I still have to use an alias and not show my face because I'm not necessarily in a safe zone yet. Um, so actually somebody had given me the name Shakina and we discovered it. It was, it's a, in the Bible, she is a warrior and almost like a, a fighter and a, and a queen. And she's really, you know, strong. And that's pretty much where I've been and, and what I've gone through. And even after I left, um, you know, I, it's been 10 years since everything started and I still have to deal with, you know, my ex-husband. I still have to deal with some of the people that we were around, um, but mostly him. And it's trickled into more of the emotional and financial abuse because I haven't seen him. I don't talk to him. I haven't gone near him or, you know, I keep, I keep that distance. And, um, but I still have to be a fighter. You know, I have moments, of course, like we all do, because I am human. Um, but then you said, like, what motivates you? It's, it's my kids, you know, because they need, they need me to be solid. They always have. Um, but more so now, because they're older, and I'm, you know, launching them out into their own lives. And I have to be really strong, because he's actually getting worse. Yeah. So, yeah. So Shakina is a fighter and, you know, it's, I don't want to fight people. I'm actually quite the opposite. I just want to love people, but my spirit has to be that fighting um, kind of process to keep yeah. going forward. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. And I know you mentioned you want to help anyone who has been through trauma. Mm -hmm. Do you have any mm -hmm. other dreams or goals that you want to add to that? I do actually. And this came to me about a month ago because I work with, women now and I have been since well my whole life essentially but I've worked with women that have had to leave their houses quickly gone to the hospital spoken to the police 
Um, you know, everyone sees somebody who's in an anxiety or panic ridden mode and they think that they might be crazy. And anyone who's had somebody lie to them or gaslight them or what have you, they feel like they're going crazy. And, you know, what they think is real might not be real and vice versa. So when speaking with somebody of authority, they need an advocate. So I've been doing some of that and being that voice for that person. Um, and then uh, just helping them find the resources. My, my big dream is not only what I'm doing now, um, but I really want to, I'm going to, I should say, um, I want to and going to get a home with some land and because I love to keep a home. I've always loved that and to cook for people and get people together. And I thought, you know, I, why don't I do that for, for women and children, teenagers, especially the LGBTQ community and animals and make it like a place where someone can go to if they've nowhere else to go. Um, I can have retreats there. I have friends that, that put on their own retreats and we talked about doing that. So it would be, it would be almost like um, a respite care until we can get them placed. And because again, like a month ago, one of my friends had called me from the healing circle and said, you know, so-and-so needs somewhere to go. Can you help? And I went right into action mode and I called women to trust and, you know, we tried to get her a bed and, you know, what do we do with her son and what do we do with the dog and all of that? Cause there's a lot that goes on with that. And it could be a teenager that or even a young adult that is living with someone. And, you know, in the LGBTQ community, it's very, domestic violence is rampant. And I didn't realize how bad it was. And I have family members that are in the community and a lot of friends, and I hear the stories. And again, they need somewhere to go also, or someone to talk to. So I do a lot of that as well. Absolutely. I got you. Calling oh, the National oh, Domestic Violence Hotline. Oh. <laughs> Let's not make sure we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. All good. All good. Thank you, um, Siri. Okay. <laughs> Let's cover. Let's, that's a little scary. That's a little scary. Let's cover her up. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Wow. That's kind of cool to know, I guess, right? I never had that one. Yeah. Also, a little absolutely. scary because they're always. It's listening. a little scary. I know. That's a little scary. That's the first time that happened. Yeah. So anyway, so my big dream is to do that. I, I mean, I can picture it. I can see it. I can feel it. I can smell the food I'm going to make. I can, you know, picture the fire pit in the back, with the, the chairs around it and people sitting and just sharing and feeling safe, you know, having security there because that's what I needed when I left. Um, I left with nothing and I had to go back and I went back to the house and took care of my kids every day. And that was so scary. Um, but I knew that I had to leave to save myself. And what I want to do is have a place where people can go with their children. And um, it'd be a little bit nicer than a shelter that you see. And um, although those are fantastic, I just want to make it a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're envisioning a home with some land for women, teenagers, animals, and mm -hmm. pe where people yeah. can go when they have nowhere else to go. Is that right? Correct. Absolutely. And definitely the animals, because I think that, you know, so many people have animals and that's a, a lot of people stay because of their animals, their pets. Same thing, like if there's, you know, a hurricane or a tornado, people won't leave because they can't shelter their animals. 
well, I'm all about kids and animals. So I would say like, let's bring them on, have people to help run that, you know, area and expertise. And then what happens is usually the animals become part of the therapy, even if they're not therapy dogs um, or so to speak, you know, that can be a part of that. Yeah, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, What was I gonna say? Oh, what was I gonna say? (laughs) (laughs) When you envision this home, Mm -hmm. how much land is it on? How much does it cost to build the home? Like give us the specifics of the vision. Well, I'm hoping to, I mean, in my head, um, I'm hoping to land. I don't even know because I live in an area where I don't have land. Um, What there are people that do. So I guess at least, you know, a couple or a few acres, Um, at least two, let's say. I'd like to have the home already built where if I need to fix it up, I can. Um, I picture it being yellow for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Definitely you know, a a gate where people can't get in and out unless they're allowed in and there's, you know, permission and there's, there's security there. Um, So everybody feels safe. And even maybe a house where, you know, let's say one house is for women and there's another house for men, because let's not exclude the guys. Um, You guys are fabulous too. And, you know, there are some, you know, situations where the men are being abused you know especially like i said even the younger men um in in same-sex couples and same-sex marriage and it's just it's dreadful and again with the teenagers and could even have like a third house with just teenagers so i'm not sure with that i'd have to play that out a little bit more and think about it meditate on it and all of that but i can actually see it i can definitely see it and so you know that's a step and it could happen it could happen next year, it could happen in 10 years. I don't know. It could be something that I'm, you know, supportive of. But I had gone on a, a retreat myself last month and um, I had the vision one night. And then the next day I went somewhere and in the ladies' restroom, there happened to be a sign on the wall. And it was a sign for a house just like that, where you could pick out, you know, the tabs, the piece of paper on the bottom, like if you need somewhere to go. And it was exactly the same thing that I wanted to do in this area. And I was like, okay, well, there's a sign. I mean, right. And then the next day I went back um, and one, the gal that runs the place happened to be at this restaurant that we were at. And so I sat and I talked to her. I know it was very cool. It was really, it was really, it was very surreal because this is a thought that hadn't happened ever had in, in except for that night like it hit me exactly what i wanted to do yeah you know that was wild so i love it and this was what yeah. last month this was last month yeah you get on yeah. a podcast about dreams and goals where i try to make exactly it- absolutely absolutely i mean listen i just started doing podcasting for the most part because i've been helping people online and locally where i'm at and then my, my friend is one of the top podcasters and he's like, you know, and I told them that my goal is to reach thousands of people because everyone's gone through trauma and everyone's gone through pain and everyone's hurt. I mean, I see a lot of patients in my career and I don't just heal their body. I heal their emotions and their minds and we talk about it, we cry together and, you know, we come up with solutions and, you know, this is all maybe within an hour of seeing these people and, it's just, it's important because we're all going through something. 
especially after COVID, especially after COVID. And, you know, we could all help each other because we are all one and the same. Our stories are different, but the bottom of what we're built out of, what we're made from, we're all the same. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the core of who we are. So. I gotcha. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you had to make this home happen within a year, Mm -hmm. what would you need? Money. How much? I mean, let's just, I mean, I mean, I guess a better question is, um, oh, did you have a number? I mean, I would say nothing short of $2 million. I got it would have to be a large home. Mm-hmm. Um, again, even if it's not a lot of land and it could be the first home, it could be a starter home. Um, just, it would be, have to be licensed. It would have to be supplied, you know, all of that sort of thing. Staff, uh, security, very big for me. Um, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. I guess I'm, so there are kind of two, like the $2 million makes sense in my head. If it's mm-hmm. in a city like Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. then I think of like Abilene, Texas, where you mm-hmm. can probably get two acres for 20 grand and build a house for 200 grand. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good old Abilene. That's, that's pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. So I guess I'm curious, yeah. is it like you want to be near a major city so you can be a hub for not, a lot of people? Not, I mean, it could be, it could be like 30 minutes out of the city. Um, you know, I definitely want it to be somewhere where it is quiet and it, there's nature, we could do nature walks, that sort of thing. Um, different events. Again, I haven't played out everything, but I can, and it'll come to me like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Would um, would you be willing to take out a loan for it or would you have to have the 2 million cash? I mean, ideally I'd love to have a donor. Uh-huh. or, you know, a collection of them and, you know, all a, a department, all of that, a financial department that kind of helps me oversee that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to do loan because I think that there's so many great people that have the ability to do that. Yeah. And so many organizations. And if collectively I could get a few to put together, I mean, it's, it's a triple win, honestly. Yeah. And you know, it's such a great, it would be such a great thing to give to and to get back from, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's own marketing sense, to be honest. And, you know, they'd be doing, they'd be doing a wonderful thing. Um, and just, you know, this is God's work we're doing. This is not just, you know, something to make a profit. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I eventually I like to do something where we get to the point where the people that are living there, you know, we get them situated, we get them employed, um, all of that. So we get people that have gone through horrible trauma, let's say. And again, it, it could be, there's a gradient scale, but we get them to be great citizens where they can help other people or, you know, they can just work in a store and feel good about themselves. Because what I realized is when I left, it was the small things that got me my confidence back wasn't anything huge or major in the beginning. It was just getting up, getting dressed and going to work was a big deal because in all of that, if you've had any sort of trauma, there's anxiety, there's panic attacks, there's self-doubt, there's negative speaking. So we would have to start with that process, which is what I'm doing now again, online or or through Zoom, what what have you. Um, And, then you can get somebody even while they're doing it simultaneously while they're starting to work 
Um, but, you know, we would start with that, the yeah. lowest of gradients and work their way up. For sure. We have yeah. a, we have very similar Pools. desires to help people. I, I wouldn't say I, I was focused on people mm -hmm. with trauma specifically, but mm -hmm. one of my goals mm -hmm. is to literally just build homes so mm -hmm. that people I was focused on homeless people, but that they have a spot mm -hmm. kind of like, uh, yeah. sure. you know, like not just like a for the night, but like a good 12 months, mm -hmm. 24 months, 36 months, yeah. like five Absolutely. years. We're going to get you back on your feet, reintegrated back into That's society. Great. Yeah. And the spot is here as long as you need it. And I love that. You know, just buying one home and being able to do that for one person yeah. for five years would be great, but then also trying to scale that and bringing mm -hmm. people in who have the cash and you right. know cash is like cash is basically i mean it's just everywhere if you it, right it really is it's like scholarships you know i have a child who's going to college and it's you know i know that if we need to at some point she could get a scholarship there's so many scholarships for so many different there's there's money out there to be had um you know again it's you could use it for for good or evil but obviously i think for the good if you have a, a good idea in your head and that's what you're going towards, I think people would be willing to do so to help you out. Absolutely. Well, I love the fact that you said you wanted to walk with people through their pain and hold our hand. That's exactly where I come from. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, the one thing I always tell people is that if they're in any situation, it could be anything. Again, the gradient, you know, the zero to a hundred on the number line, you know, support system is huge. Yeah. And your support system during COVID for me were my two dogs, you know, and these tiny little fluffy things, they got me through because I wasn't alone and I was, you know, petting them and getting that, you know, physical cuddling and that sort of thing. But then obviously, you know, I made it grow and it was my family and then my friends since childhood. It was, you know, people on the internet. It was other people that had gone through the same thing. It was other people that were stuck in their houses, it was healthcare workers that were scared to go back to work. Yeah. So support system is huge. Um, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as we like to go out and achieve and we like to show off and stroke our ego, it's like at the end of the day, at the end of life, when you look back, it's mm -hmm. the relationships that you're really Absolutely. sure about. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, listen, I've, I've already done all that. I'm on the other side of the you know, of the rainbow where I'm going towards, cause I'm a little older than you. So I'm going towards the other side of it. So I'm over that hump of doing that. Um, and you have to be really careful because if you don't stay humble, you could end up in a situation like not me, but who directed me to a really bad world um, because you can get lost in all of that showing off and being better. And, you know, people really aren't interested in that the right people that are doing great things in this world that are the ones that have the cash, I will tell you that they're really good people and they're humble Yeah. because those are the quiet ones. They don't need to show off. They yeah. don't want to show off. You know, it's, it's the guy that's renting his house for five years, but he's driving, you know, a, a brand new luxury car. Um, why? like scale it down a little bit and con contribute to an organization yeah. and put in your volunteer hours. And that's, that's how I like to live personally. Um, that's what, that's what got me through 
that's what I was doing. And then ironically, I went back to those organizations and I had to go to a food bank and I had to ask people for help, which was really, really humbling and very challenging for me. Yeah. Because I, I've never been on that fence. But I will tell you what, when you get help from people, it's not only is it humbling, but you're giving them a gift to help you. You are. I mean, and, and that's how I still feel. Because even if I only have five dollars, I'm gonna give somebody a dollar or two. Yep. Because I know it's gonna come back. I know, I know God, the universe, whatever it is you want to call it, I know as long as you you are directed to lead with your heart in this world, you will always be okay. You'll be better than okay. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, yeah. how you said when you let people give to you or choose to receive from mm-hmm. people, you're giving them a mm-hmm. gift. And I always talk to people about this. Because so I live in a, I'm Christian, love Jesus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. live in a community of people that love Jesus as well. But one of the yeah. things that we do is we don't allow people to bear our burdens with us. Mm-hmm. And there's that command in the Bible, bear one another's burdens. And we're so mm-hmm. quick to go out and try to bear other people's burdens, but we're yes. really slow to let people bear our burdens with us. Very. Yes, yes. And it's like you are contributing to mm-hmm. your colleagues or your friends or your families or your communities like mm-hmm. uh you're taking away from that gift of bearing your burden with you it's like it is something we're called right. to do based on right. what god tells us to do and that's a good thing mm-hmm. you're stopping them from doing it because yeah. you don't want to be vulnerable or you're too uh scared mm-hmm. to ask or whatever it may be and all of those are mm-hmm. great reasons like mm-hmm. i'm not saying i haven't been scared to be vulnerable or too scared to ask for help or too prideful to ask for help but when you do ask and you give people the gift of mm-hmm. authenticity and vulnerability mm-hmm. on your part. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I saw something today and, you know, I'm a little tough because I got really mixed messages when I left and, you know, here it is now I'm a single woman in her fifties and I was married for over 20 years. And before that I was living with my large family. So I went from one thing to the other. And a lot, so here it is, I'm in my fifties and now there's the internet and cell phones and there's social media and WhatsApp and all that nonsense, right? And dating sites and it's horrible for me. That's my perception of it. Um, God bless anyone that is doing it because I applaud you. Um, But we as women especially are kind of convinced that we should be doing things on our own. The whole girl boss and the hustling and all of that, but I, I kind of challenge it. Um, I think anyone could be doing all of that, but what it it's it's confusing for me. I'm going to take it from my perception, because I was raised very old school, traditional roles, um, though traditional roles, but a strong female character, let's say, in the home, a strong female presence in the home, um, and. What happens is when you do that, you kind of, the, the women isolate themselves. The masculine feminine energy changes a little bit, the, the being a couple and the attraction changes a little bit. And then women get tough and the men kind of lose some of their masculinity. But more importantly than that, it gets us away from the tribe mentality. We all come from tribes, whatever tribe you are from, whether it be your race, religion, your, your gender, whatever it is. We are supposed to be living in community like you are doing now. And therefore, in that regard, it's like 
you need something to eat and I have something to eat, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to sit. So for every holiday dinner I have, I invite people that A, have nowhere to go, especially. And if they are even, you know, if it's a religious uh, event, then I invite somebody who's usually the opposite so that I can learn, they can learn and I can teach and they can eat the foods, you know, of that holiday tradition and that sort of thing. And I think community is such a beautiful thing that we have as humans. I mean, you see it in the animal kingdom. Yeah. But us with our rational brains, you know, we say, I can't do that because I'm going to look weak. I'm going to be vulnerable. And Brene Brown says it best. I mean, you know, in order to live a fulfilling life, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a little challenging still for me, honestly, in romantic relationships based on my past. But, you know, as much as far as I've come, again, you know, life is meant to be, it's a le- it's one big lesson. And I think that we have, as, again, as humans with our brains, we have to keep learning. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. But yes, all right, going back full circle, being able to let someone help you is a huge, huge gift to give them. So, yeah. No, absolutely. I that, yeah. I completely yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, awesome. Michelle, tell us a little bit about the top skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true. Mm, that's a good one. I love all your questions. Top skills. I think this skill, when you're doing a project or when you're working on something that's so big, you know, everyone says dream big, dream big, and that can be really scary. Mm-hmm. So I would say courage is number one. Courage is definitely number one. That could be courage to actually dream it because we could be like, no, 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 I don't want to, I, I can't, there's no way, I can't do that. I, that's that's crazy. You know, I'm just going to do here. I mean, I've got three loads of laundry to do. Who do I think I am? Like, you know, the talk. So it's courage, positive thinking, but, you know, not the toxic, po- you know, positivity, which is the big buzzword now, but really realizing like, I can do this. I can make a change. Um, so courage, courage would be walking up you know, to an organization or a business and saying, I need $150,000 from you. And this is what we're going to do together. So that, that takes courage. Um, Yeah. And resiliency. Um, Resiliency has gotten me to where I'm at now. Resiliency is, um, as Maya Angelou says, and still I rise. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. My favorite songs, favorite videos, Serena Williams, Rise Up, that song, Andre Day. Like, I mean, and still I rise. That's resiliency. We all have it within us. Absolutely. It could be something very small. I'm going to get out of the bed and I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to get dressed. I might get back into bed, but at least I showered. Mm-hmm. That's for someone who's, let's say, severely depressed. You can have someone who doesn't feel good about themselves. I got dressed and I looked in the mirror and I smiled. And that could be, you know, the next phase, or it could be someone to get dressed. I got, I went to work or I went to work in a career that I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm scared to death, but I'm still going to do it. I'm going to walk through and I'm still going to do it. It could be, you know, a teenager who's being bullied, but goes to school with their head up high, you know? And so I think resiliency and, and the third one is, um, the ability to just love. You know, that's my, that's my statement is I'm love. Yeah. And I think that the skill, 
like love is a noun and a verb, I guess. And the verb to love is a skill that we all need to have because some people do hate, but love to me is the answer to everything. It really is. Yeah. And even if it's, even if it's somebody who did hurt you or someone who's confusing you a little bit, it could be, you know what, this isn't really good for me right now, but I do love you, but I'm going to love you from afar. You know, I can, I can bless and love my abuser from afar and put that out there and God willing, he will see himself one day in the mirror to fix himself. Now that's not for me to judge. That's not for me to decide. That's for him to decide. Um, but again, it's, you know, the same thing with a bully, you know, just be kind. Someone's not nice to you. Okay. I'm sorry. You feel that way. Have a great day. Yeah. So, so that's my third skill. I got you. Well, what are the mm-hmm. highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? So planning. Um, so I don't want to say massive action immediately. Mm-hmm. I like to do little things because someone like me who's constantly thinking, um, it can get overwhelming. So I do a lot of writing. I have at least four journals on my bed right now. Yeah. And, um, and each one has its purpose. And then I found a, a legal pad and I started writing that like in an airplane and just waiting for a car to come pick me up. And I think that writing down your thoughts, your fears, your dreams, and before you know it, you're mate, you're writing. I actually have two books in the making. And at simultaneously, because there's so many things that I'm thinking about. And I think that's the first thing. And then um, creating some sort of business plan. Putting pen to paper is huge. Um, Being very organized is huge. Um, And then talking. So uh, the person that helped me start with all of this said, I want you to make a list of 20 people that you're going to go home to or what have you, and you're going to tell what your plans are and what you want to do. So I made the list, I told the 20, and then I'm getting on podcast now and I'm telling thousands of people. Yeah. So you guys, so I'm going to make myself accountable. You guys need to reach out to me on my website and be like, hey, Michelle, how's it going? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, we're waiting for that book. So I've been putting like little blurbs on the website and, you know, I just started with that. I'm teaching myself how to do it all um, while I'm going along, which has been really cool because that's a great thing to also do. If you don't know how to do something and you get overwhelmed, do the small steps of, learning like just jump in and figure it out and when you figure it out and you have a great product in the end you're like wow i'm pretty cool i'm awesome and you know in our heads we might have our parents or an abuser or a spouse or bully saying you can't do this you're not smart enough you're not good enough you're not pretty enough and then you do something you make you do a small goal and you create something that's that's a big win it is. So for so yeah, so for me, I'm all about big wins because when you're done with those big wins, you've got this huge thing that you did and you have no idea that you actually did it, which is kind of cool. So pen to paper is, is really powerful. I love it. Pen to paper, planning, writing, talking, and then stacking big wins. Yeah. And making yourself accountable to other people saying, I'm going to do this and saying, listen, I want you to come back and check in on me a month and see where I'm at. And you can, you know, whatever it is, again, it could be somebody losing weight. It could be someone who wants to, you know, drink less coffee or eat healthy or 
you know, am I going to read a, a motivational book or listen to a seminar online or whatever it is it could be? Yeah. I gotcha. Well, what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Well, there's so many. It's like a, it's like a multiple choice question. D, all of the above. Um, I mean, I'm such a person for, you know, constant, never ending improvement. I think that you can improve on everything. Um, I think for me, so character tree, is that what you asked me? Yep. Just want to get a little clarity. Let's see. I have hope. That's my dog. I have hope. I have drive a little bit more drive, maybe. Um, Faith. But there's levels of faith also, I feel. There's really levels of faith. And I'm just going to put that one out there. So I have a really big dream. I have to have a, a big faith stepping stone, you know, yeah. to, to climb in order to have that big dream. Because I have faith in what I'm doing in my life now. But for that, because faith is like the umbrella. It'll cover everything. It, it yep. covers your organizational skills. It covers your courage. It covers your inspiring. It covers your doing all of that. But the umbrella would be faith. Yeah. Yeah. And not, again, not to say that I don't have any, but that's a big one. That's a, that's a really big rock to climb. And that's okay. Yeah. I um, Some that always kind <clears> of, <throat> there are a couple things that make mm-hmm. me kind of check my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that scripture in the Bible whatever you believe in your heart or whatever you ask for in prayer believe it in your heart to be true and it will be yours mm-hmm. love that that kind of helps me check my faith and then there's the so then I ask myself okay what are the things that are true in my life right now and then what am I believing in my heart and then I can mm-hmm. see how my heart lines up with my reality mm-hmm. and the second thing that kind of echoes off that is faith without works is dead mm-hmm. and so exactly. then it's like Okay, well, I could think I have a level of faith, but if my faith, like your faith inspires your works. So the extent to which you're doing work every day, Mm -hmm. you can backtrack that to the level of faith you have. Now, I'm not saying it's 100%, Mm -hmm. but if you aren't doing some work that you should be doing, you should ask yourself, am I living in faith or am I living in fear? Yeah, exactly. And it can can be an eye-opener. So those those are verses. Right. Well, it's the same, same as the proverb, I'm walking in faith, walking by faith, not by sight. I had that on my post-it because, you know, I have, I have things all around my house and what have you or for myself and my, you know, teenage child that's, you know, reminders, even though she thinks that I'm crazy and, you know, mom, you know, I'm not going to do positive thinking, you know, these kids, but, um, yeah. but it's, sub, it's sub, sub, subliminal, right? Because it goes in her subconscious. So she walks by the same thing every day and they're butterflies and, uh-huh. you know, and I'll write on there, like, you know, spread your, because she's about to go to college or, you know, spread your wings and fly or whatever it is. You've got this. And, you know, yep. it's the same thing. Like I used to do um, napkins for my kids with, in their lunches and I would write notes on them and, you know, words of affirmation or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't know what their days are like. And even when I was married with my husband, I did that. I used to write it on the hard boiled eggs, you know, some sort of, you know, you are loved and all of that. Um, So, and honestly, I think that it's a great thing for people to do for themselves. 
because we can have faith in God or universe or a spiritual being, but having faith in ourselves, I found is very, very different. Yeah. Very different. And I thought to myself, it was actually the other day, because I also use like um, dry erase markers on the mirror. And I've been doing this again for my kids. And so I started doing it for myself, but it was more like taking notes almost if I had an idea. So, um, or I would draw hearts or whatever it was. And, and I realized that I need to put in those words of affirmation, not on a sheet of paper in my journal where I can't see it, but on my mirror for myself. Yeah. And so every time I walk by, you know, I can see, hi, beautiful, or you've got this. And um, what inspired me with that was I had a discussion with somebody about the good morning and the good night texts that people give or get these days. Um, and again, this is all very new to me because I was married for my entire adult life. And I thought that's, it's really sad that somebody would, you know, wake up in the morning and hope to see a text from somebody and may not. And that would really hurt them in their heart. And, you know, they might have a bad day because so-and-so didn't reach out. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it for myself. I'm not going to have to rely on something. I'm going to do it for myself. So I wrote on my mirror, hi, beautiful. And then, you know, in another color, have a great day. And I wrote on another mirror, you are loved. And, you know, in my child, I wrote, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed to have you as my daughter. And, you know, that sort of thing. I think yep. that's really, really great to do. And it's almost like it's, it's coming from within, but that's where the faith is coming from. I mean, we are all children of God or the universe or spirit or whatever it is. Yeah. And we have to love ourselves in order to love other people. I truly believe that. Yeah. No, I'm right there yeah. with you. Yeah. And it, um, it like actually like changes you when you like see that stuff, hear that mm -hmm. stuff, say that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's that other verse, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And it's just like, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I was pretty skeptical of it, but then it's mm -hmm. like when I starting to feel down or when I'm mm -hmm. feeling or sad or lonely mm -hmm. or whatever it is i just will speak different words yes kind of like absolutely. either yes. visualizing my dreams and goals or saying kind things to myself or to the mm -hmm. people around me or even to the person i'm mad at actually mm -hmm. and it really does it like like diffuses my brain like i can mm -hmm. feel the like pressure being released. absolutely absolutely well um you know i've i've studied the brain the brain a little bit because i have I've been diagnosed with chronic PTSD and because of some of the things that I did experience and, you know, physically and emotionally and verbally and what happens in that scenario. And again, this could be different for, of course, it'll be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, if you've had any kind of physical trauma, in addition with the emotional and the verbal abuse, um, you kind of leave your body in that moment and you're really vulnerable. And what happens is your nervous system changes. So therefore those memories are stored in one part of your brain. And they say when you are dreaming or you're sleeping or have had a cocktail or meditating where you're not so on, so to speak, those thoughts go from one part of your brain to your frontal. And then you can actually remember them, which creates flashbacks and triggers and things like that. But it also lends itself to facing your fears and facing something that might have happened to you that you totally you don't remember. 
yeah. or that was affecting you, but now you can really, on an intellectual level, you can think about it and process it. Mm-hmm. But you do have that that kind of nervousness of you're in a bad spot and you're going to change the way you think, you're going to change the way you thought. And, and what might come in, like for me, it'll be like my ex-husband's words or his voice in my head. Because I was, again, my entire adult life was around him. So I've had to change that in my nervous system. And that's where, so God bless her, bless her soul. Tina Turner learned how to chant. Um, I don't know if you know the story of how she became a Buddhist. Um, she was obviously being abused by her husband or former husband. And um, her one of her backup singers taught her about chanting. And it when when somebody does that or prays or hums or does um that sort of thing it changes your nervous system so you can physically feel it so if you're chanting or even if you're repeating affirmations you'll see people now videos they're walking and they're saying prayer prayer walks that sort of thing that changes your entire nervous system and so the level of depth of where you might go down Let's say when you're depressed or you're sad or you're angry, it might be a little higher now, meaning it's better than it, it's not as intense. You know, and so if you find a practice of that sort of thing, it really, really works. Um, and I will tell you, I was not able to get through the day without having at least 10 panic attacks. Um, I would be working on a patient and it would happen. And I had to really learn how to work through it. Um, and I've been teaching this to other people because that's a scary thing to happen. Um, and sometimes though, the last time I had a really bad one, I actually did get the word of God, which is kind of strange for me to even say, but I got it. I felt it. And I got it me like the whole, like I heard the calling. I completely heard that calling it was wild. So, um, you know, and I hold on to that, but changing the words in your head with different words really, really makes a big difference because it, it changes your nervous system as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your somatic system changes. No, I, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree. I've, I've experienced mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah, it's right. It's cool. And it's, well, it's kind of cool. It's actually very magical. It's a magical moment when that happens. That is. But I will say for anyone, um, Tina Turner's chance you can get on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And she's so incredible. Um, you can even see videos of her chanting and it's just, it's really fantastic. Yeah. It really is. It really, really is. Cause even if you don't chant and you just listen to her and you listen to it over and over again, you kind of get into like this, like rocking back and forth and like, okay. And it's Tina. I mean, you know, anyway, <laughs> I <got you. laughs> I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little bit of one of those crazy fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. If there were one or two people you could meet right now, and this could be a mm. specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? That's an easy answer for me. Okay. So, well, who would I want to, okay. So I want to meet one day, which I'm sure I will, are all the female ancestors, but that's a whole nother conversation mm-hmm. um, because I stand on the shoulders of many, many strong women and getting to know our ancestors, I think is huge. Um, and hearing their stories because those that came before us had really tough lives. No matter 
who you are, what your ethnicity is, what your religion is. They had tough lives and we are the product thereof. But to really answer that question, it would be undoubtedly Oprah. She's, I've been watching her since I was a very young teenager and I watched her evolve. Um, Super Soul Sunday just is phenomenal because she's so real for one. And when somebody watches that, and I mean, and that's a show on a, on a different level than most of us even, you know, have experienced, but you never know, you could dream big. But I, right, exactly, you could dream big and it, it looks different for everybody else. That's what I've realized, you do you. Um, but she has access to obviously anybody, but to authors and composers and directors and financiers. And so watching her show for all of us is very enlightening because if you don't read, let's say Malcolm Gladwell's book, you can hear him being interviewed and educate yourself on the world that you didn't even know existed in a positive way. But because of her passion and love for people and kids and women and the graciousness and living in grace and, um, for the future, and of course, having the, the funds, obviously she would be the one I would approach. Um, before she passed, it would have been Tina. I'd actually talked about um, this with my friend and we were going to reach out. You know, there's, what, what do they call it? Um, seven different connections to get someone, what are they called? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Right? I, I know. Seven, like six degrees of separation, Yep. right? So, you know, there was that for, for me with her. And, you know, I keep using it because an idol, hello. But, um, well, you're, you probably, know, you never... you're probably less now because your yeah. one connection to me, I had a connection <laughs> to my, on my podcast, okay. whose aunt, that's mm-hmm. a third connection, talks to mm-hmm. Oprah every Thursday. So, you're, there you have it. Connection to me, there to the podcast it. guest, to her aunt, mm-hmm. then to Oprah, then to See? Tina. So, that's it. I mean, well, it would be, I mean, for, for the housing, process that that project it would be Oprah because yeah. she's actually done it with the school because of mm-hmm. course in the house we would have these discussions and a book club and you know whether it be you know the the kid the small kids that would come the women the LGBTQ community it would be the men you know and everybody would love the animals I mean that's just you know that's just yeah. me um we'd have exotics and that sort of thing so you know she could see See that in two seconds like I can see it and somebody like her would would really not necessarily benefit from it but would believe in it also because you know my goal is to help the future generations so to obviously heal all of us and then start a legacy yep. and have it be something that other people my my kids and then other people can take on when I pass and it be and it grow um, because unfortunately, trauma is not going to go away. Domestic violence is not going to go away. Sex trafficking is getting worse and worse and worse. And it's scary. It's really sad and it's very scary. And when these these people come back, especially the kids, they have nowhere to go. And that's just tough on the heart. That pulls yeah. my heartstrings. And, you know, it can be turned into, okay, let's deal with the trauma. And slowly those scales tip into positivity and then teaching those people to help other people. Yeah. And so we literally heal the world one person at a time. And that's my Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, awesome, Michelle. That's all we got for you. We're running, running up on that hour 
time mm-hmm. work. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I would love for people to, yes, I should say, I would love for people to go to my website and leave me a note. And it could be a note of, I need help or, you know, in, help inspire me, keep me, keep me online. Like, how am I doing? Because I love support. You know, we're all connected. We need a love chain. And, um, you know, I really think that's important because when we put our heads down and we go to bed, we can be in ourselves. We can be their customer God. And sometimes though, we still have that little bit of loneliness feeling and um, that's tough. And, you know, I don't like to do social media stuff right before I go to bed or when I wake up because that's not great for us. Um, But it'd be nice to connect. Um, Of course I am offering coaching and it could be just in the sign of let's work on techniques Let's go through your goals or what you've been through. Let's walk through that. Um, I've literally walked over coals eight times. So I know how to do that. I know how to hold your hand through that figuratively and literally I can help you with that. Um, But even if it's just somebody to talk to, um, obviously talking, I can too. And I've been working with patients so I could, you know, I can talk to people about every, every bit of who they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, just one thing I always say is that we're not alone in this world. You know, I'm here for you. You never have to feel like you're alone and just reach out and I will definitely get back to you. No doubt. Cause you are loved. There we go. Yeah. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Michelle had to say, make sure to check her out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. This was great. I appreciate it. Of course, we appreciate you Mm -hmm. and thank Thank you guys for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that Mm -hmm. note, we're out. Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.